Wow, you're here. We have uh, the people from the first part who haven't fled. And then we have then all, all the new uh, arrivers, all the people coming in for part two. So we should probably start by letting you know who we are. <laughs> can be quite a uh, interesting demarcation when you get a whole new set of people sitting up at the front of the room. But you've got some continuing folks as well. Um, so we have most of the, the team here tonight. A few people um, you'll meet later if you haven't met them um, already. Um, the retreat support people, where are you? Okay. Uh, so we have John and Anne. Those of you from P1 know them already. So these are the folks who are our utility players here. So um, they help uh, yogis a lot if they need something like a medical appointment or they're trying to figure out where to find something in the building or they have some need for additional support. So you'll hear more about them tomorrow morning, those of you who just arrived. But for now, suffice it to say that should you have some uh, emergency come up tonight where you really need to find somebody to talk to about what to do, you can get a hold of one of them by going into the front office and going to the red phone there. Just picking up the red phone, you'll find them. Otherwise, you'll hear more about their role tomorrow. So, so thank you, Ann and John. And um, I myself uh, am Winnie Nazarko. So I'm one of the core teachers here at IMS. I uh, teach at the Forest Refuge sometimes. Sometimes I teach here at the retreat center. I often teach on this long retreat. And I realized when I was thinking about it that, that uh, this year is actually the 30th anniversary of the first time I ever came to IMS, and it was to actually sit the three-month retreat. So I was uh, coming from Seattle to this place I'd never been before, but I'd heard that they had this amazing thing that happened once a year. I have to say it lived up to its billing, but not in the way I expected. But you'll find that out for yourself if you haven't already noticed that part. So maybe we can uh, have people self-introduce. Uh, uh, my name is Andrea Fella. I come from California, but I'm also a core teacher here at IMS. I teach this retreat each year and teach at the Forest Refuge sometimes. Um, but I'm a teacher at Spirit Rock. I teach in, uh, at a retreat center in uh, Redwood City, California. And I teach here, so I travel. I teach about six months of retreat a year. It's a big part of my life. But this is one of my highlights of my year, to come here and be with you, um, to spend this kind of time with, um, with retreatants, with yogis who really want to settle in. And so much gratitude and appreciation for those of you who've been here, 
for six weeks already. I feel, I feel the, uh, the space with your energy already. And so thank you so much for welcoming us in. And uh, I want to also welcome those of you who are just arriving. And um, slightly more than half of you are staying, who have been staying. And so there's a, at one point I, I was fortunate enough to enter the three-month retreat two weeks in I was called late, there was a cancellation late. And coming in with, with so many people already sitting had such a beautiful uh, effect on me. And so uh, those of you who are arriving, I think will really get to appreciate that, that quality. So welcome, I look forward to being with you for these six weeks. My name is Brian Lesage, and I live in Flagstaff, Arizona, but probably similar to Andrea, I spend a lot of my year traveling and teaching. So I, I too, teach here at IMS, and then uh, on the East Coast, and then also uh, on the West Coast, and then also I travel around the Southwest, uh, also teaching for small sanghas and communities in that area. And I, I want to mention, you know, as I'm sitting here and get to see all of you out, out, out there on this retreat, either beginning or continuing, it's just filled with a feeling of honor to be able to be here with you on this retreat and to support you on this retreat. A long retreat has been such a transformative aspect of my life. You know, when I was a Zen monk, I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to get ordained and I stayed ordained, uh, was to spend a lot of time on long extended retreat and then uh, when I moved into the Theravada Vipassana world it was the thing that really attracted me was was again doing long retreat just because of the transformative quality of it um, yeah so uh, a real delight to be here with all of you and to get to partake of the journey together with you So I'm sure you three-month yogis have picked up on the fact that with my accent and clothing and beard that I'm not, in fact, Bonte. And <laughs> this, is, this is the beginning of the second six weeks. Um, my name is Devin. Um, I'm in the teacher training program here. And I'll be in the role of assistant teacher and sitting in on some interviews and doing sign-up interviews as well. Uh, I've just come from four weeks at the Forest Refuge and have seen many of you in the woods walking or around the loop and um, looking forward to practicing with you over the next three weeks. Hello, friends. Uh, my name is Greg Scharf, and um, this, would, this is the 25th, uh, 25 years ago when I first sat in this hall, so not quite as long as Winnie. But, uh, you know, a meaningful uh, length of time in a life. And, uh, yeah, I guess I was thinking also that um, I've probably spent some time in this hall every year since then. 
and uh, the total time would be measured in years and months now of time sitting in this hall, either where you are, which is the best place to be, <laughs> or up here when that's uh, called for. And um, I'm also, I guess yeah, I'm a core teacher here too. I teach uh, all over the place, a lot here, a lot uh, out west and in other parts of the world, and um, uh, kind of tend to teach a lot long retreats. Um, I live in Flagstaff, Arizona, but I never see Brian there. Um, we have a, a pack that we will only see each other outside of Arizona for some reason. Um, just because we're both gone so much, it's rare that we're there at the same time. Um, it's funny. But it's a great place to live, so we're both really lucky. And um, yeah, very happy to be here, uh, really. Um, I love this retreat, and um, yeah, so grateful to have the opportunity to spend time in a hall like this, to spend time uh, among those who um, have dedicated a part of their lives to this idea of cultivating wisdom and compassion and awakening a rare thing in the world, and uh, we all are blessed by coming together in that way. So I look forward to seeing you over these weeks. So there's a, a couple of people that aren't here tonight. Jill Shepard, who is one of, the, one of the teachers, is still in New Zealand, waiting for the final final on her visa. So uh, I'm sure she's having an interesting practice period of her own, <laughs> thinking about when the bureaucratic stamp can be uh, activated to stamp the piece of paper so she can get on the plane. But um, we do expect her to come along as soon as the bureaucracy can mobilize itself. And then um, Eowyn Alstrom, who does um, the yoga here uh, once a week, will be... Um, here in a couple of days as well, first to give you a little bit of a posture clinic. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Okay, tomorrow you'll meet her, if you haven't met her already. So, you know, many people make this retreat possible. We're the ones that, that you see and that you'll be meeting with, but behind the scenes there are many, many people as well. And we uh, recognize and acknowledge that we ourselves are not the complete diversity um, which exists in the country, but we are aware of that. And um, you're welcome here as you are. So that's an important thing to know. How many people are here for the first time, the complete first time? Yay! Oh, I'm so happy. So happy. And how many people are uh, P2ers coming in for the second half? Right. <laughs> so now let me get tricky on you now. <laughs> how many of you think of yourselves as Buddhists? Buddhists. Atheists or agnostics? Oh, put them up. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. And of course, people are Jewish, Hindu, Muslim, 
Somebody said that they were very uh, religiously diverse. They were a Unitarian. They covered the spectrum. But I, we recognize that, that, that people are here with all different perspectives on what this is and how, how they hold it. For some people, it's a, a religious kind of practice in a religious kind of environment. For some people, it's a practice of transformation or benefit but without necessarily an adherence to a particular uh, view. So views here, views and opinions, whatever yours are about any number of things, they're all completely acceptable. So whatever your political views are, your social views are, your personal views on any number of topics, None of this is a, a bar for your full participation. Whatever gender you are, whatever sexual orientation you are, whether you're a person of color or a white person or someone who defines themselves in some other way altogether, everybody is is welcome, equally welcome. So the Buddha in his own offering of the Dharma sent his disciples out in all directions with instructions to teach all those who were of a heart and mind that were interested. So we intend to offer in his same spirit of generosity from our own understanding and from the generosity that we've received from uh, people who have been our teachers. And of course, it all goes back to the, the original Buddha, but not just to the original Buddha, because if you think about what's actually involved in you being in this hall tonight, and us being in this hall tonight, and us being in this hall together, there's been an unbroken chain of heart and mind transmission from one person to another for 2,600 years. So we humans are screw-ups in a lot of ways, but the, the cultures that practiced and nourished and supported Buddhism didn't drop the ball. So for 2,600 years, there have been communities of practitioners who have been supported by lay people, mostly in in Asian cultures. And lay people have become monastics and practitioners who have been supported by lay people to teach the next generation. So nowhere along the line has that been dropped, which has to be one of the most astonishing feats of humanity. So all of us here have uh, a huge debt of gratitude to the uh, the individuals and the cultures who have uh, been so caretaking of this uh, jewel of humanity and who offered it so willingly to Western people who went to, to Asia who were looking to practice. So we're all beneficiaries of, of this.
it's an interesting thing, this uh, point of transition in the retreat. I know sometimes if you've been on retreat for the first part, there's this sense of loss that can arise with people leaving, especially people that you formed these uh, internal relationships with in some way, the people who have sat next to you, you perhaps at lunch table or somebody who sat in your vicinity or that person who kept showing up in the walking hall at the same time that you did. It's interesting how we humans can bond with each other without anything even being said. So, and then now there's this new group of people that don't know that that's your walking path <laughs> at that time. <laughs> so it's always interesting to kind of watch, watch your mind in, the, in these turnover times. And then for the, the new people coming in, of course, there's the experience of sometimes feeling like, wow, they're so quiet. <laughs> they're so quiet, I feel so loud and kind of rustly and slammy and bangy and restless in comparison. But actually coming in for P2 is a... Is a very interesting thing because you can in a certain kind of way um, get some advantage, get some internal draft and uplift from the practice that's been done for the last six weeks. So you might find that you uh, may settle down more easily than you uh, might expect. Or maybe not, maybe your mind is going to bounce around for a while, but that's all part of it too. So tomorrow, um, at a certain point, for those of you who are just coming in, there'll be a, a session that'll, that will be led, and there'll be a notice on the board about the time of that and everything, about practicing in community. So that'll be a session just for you to help orient you to the practice here and some of the cultural, retreat culture uh, aspects of it. So you also probably get a chance to connect a little bit with the people who have, have come in, in your cohort. But the P1 people won't get a chance to talk with you because they're already in silence and they're gonna be staying like that. But at the end you'll all get to mingle. I don't know, is mingle the right word for what happens at the end of a three-month retreat? <laughs> it's not, not exactly like a cocktail party or anything like that, but it's sweet in its own way. But that's a ways down the line. So for now, what we, what we need to do is create our uh, community container. So we do that in part by taking the refuges and the precepts together as a community. And uh, the refuges and the precepts are also going to be given in the morning at the first morning set. Not at the instructional set, but like the first scheduled set before breakfast every day. And perhaps uh, a couple more t times during um, the week. So you'll be very well refuged and precepted on this particular retreat. Is there anybody 
here who's hearing about the refuges and the precepts for the first time? Because it's okay if that's the case. So then I take it that um, you understand the basic idea of it, that the, the refuges are our way of saying as a group that what we're going to be doing here is practicing the teachers of the Buddha, looking to the teachings of the Buddha as our field of practice, as our context for practice, as our context for for being together as a group of people. So when we take refuge in the Buddha, you know, classically it would be uh, the original Buddha, the historical Buddha, and you know, for some people who are very devotional or do devotional practice, uh, that's a very powerful way of holding it, somehow connecting with that historical figure and uh, the generosity of the life, the power of the mind, the wisdom and compassion of, of this being who started uh, the tradition that we still practice, that made the big breakthrough on the part of all humanity. But another way to hold taking refuge in the Buddha is taking refuge at least provisionally in our own potential for development, for our own potential for awakening, our own potential for enlightenment in our own body and mind and heart. So we take refuge in in the Dharma. So traditionally that would be taking refuge in the, the teachings of the Buddha, the Four Noble truths and the Eightfold Path and um, the, the teachings in, in the suttas. And another way to hold that is when we're going on retreat, because the Buddha's teachings are in alignment with the truth of how things are, we're actually in a certain kind of way taking refuge in reality. So how could you do that? How could you possibly take refuge in reality? <laughs> it's slippery, it's slidey, it's painful, it's confusing, it's unreliable. Isn't that the first truth, first noble truth, the truth of dukkha? And yet the Buddhist teachings are. There's a certain kind of way that we can relate to the truth of our own immediate experience what we can directly know for ourselves and our body and mind in a way that is onward leading, that leads to the unbinding and the untangling of our mind. And this way of knowing, this way of opening is not reliant on any kind of blind faith or uh, taking somebody else's word for it, that we can know for ourselves we can know for ourselves by resting in the truth of what we know moment to moment in a certain kind of way. So the third thing that we take refuge in is taking refuge in the Sangha. And traditionally this is thought of as being um, those who have awakened according to classical definitions, beings, particularly monastic beings who have attain certain stages or degrees of enlightenment. But another way that that can be held as well is 
that we can take refuge in those who walk the path with us, those who are seeking to develop and open their own hearts and minds in the direction of wisdom and and compassion. Fellow wayfarers who practice with sincerity and integrity. So with this exercise of taking uh, the refuges, it, it's important that you take it in a way that's inte- integrous to you, right? that has resonance for you. So it's not about uh, compressing your mind in any way towards a particular view. But if you can allow yourself now to form the intention to take the refuges, we'll, we'll take them together as a group uh, in Pali. Does everybody have a chant sheet? Does anybody need a chant sheet? Maybe you can share with someone. If you got some extras, okay. Chant needers. There's, there's a couple people there too. Everybody got one? So one way you could think of ritual or the taking of these is it's an uh, external action reflecting an internal intention. So the intention being to turn our minds towards the commitment to practice in this kind of way. So allow yourself to form that intention in a way that has integrity for you. And then I'll just start out and everybody chime in and don't worry about how you sound because it's not about that at all. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arhato sama sambuddhasa Buddham saranam gachami Dhamman saranam gachami Sangam saranam gachami Dutiyampi buddham saranam gachami Dutiyampi Dhamman Saranam Gachami Dutiyampi Sangam Saranam Gachami Tatiyampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Tatiyampi Dhamman Saranam Gachami Tatiyampi Sangam Saranam Gachami So the second part of 
creating our container here is taking the precepts. And we'll be uh, offering the five precepts uh, tonight. Uh, Those of you who are already on the eight precepts, um, we'll continue on for you to um, take those additional precepts. For those of you who are just arriving, on Friday, uh, we will be offering you the opportunity to take the eight precepts with a little bit more framing provided for you about what that entails in terms of what the uh, decisions are around certain edibles. But I won't deal with that tonight. So, But I wanted to say something um, about the precepts. So these are held to be training, trainings, trainings in ethical conduct, trainings in uh, basic moral conduct. So the Buddha is quite clear that certain behaviors are conducive to uh, well-being and for development of the heart and mind and certain behaviors cultivate greed, hatred, and delusion, and that it's important to have discernment about what those are. So if you look at the structure of the Eightfold Path, for instance, you'll see that uh, wise speech, wise action, wise livelihood, which uh, roughly overlap with the the five lay precepts, are part of the core, part of the foundational uh, teachings of the Buddha. So they're, they're close in. And the understanding is that a, a mind that is, uh, you know, killing, stealing, and uh, drugging is not a mind that is going to be able to uh, be happy. It's going to be acting in ways that create difficulty for itself and difficulty for those uh, it connects with. So there's the the karma or the downstream consequences of those kinds of actions. But another piece of it is the internal effect of unwise behavior, of harmful behavior, which is the mind becomes agitated um, and it really suffers. It can't settle down. It has a difficult time even practicing because of the state of agitation that... uh, is part of the turbulence stirred up by uh, doing things that are harmful. And it is also the case that in a practice environment, you know, we're, we're here with a group of people that are going to be together in close proximity, but mostly in silence. You may know some people here, um, but probably there are a lot of people you don't know. So in a certain kind of way, while we have a, a lot of in, in common with the context of Buddha Dharma and our intentions for the retreat, we, you don't, we don't know who each other is. So this certain kind of way by committing together to uh, sila, to ethical conduct, we clarify for ourselves and we also signal to everybody else who's here in this environment, 
what we're about and how we are and how we're going to be with our with ourselves and with other people and that's a very important thing to know that we're all on board with what um, behaviors will create safety so it's a very powerful action to actually you know plant your staff and say this is what i agree to this is i will I will act in these ways. This is what is true. I will practice these trainings while I'm here on retreat. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about particular precepts. Some of them are kind of self-evident, but you know, the first one about taking life, that's kind of obvious. Uh, it's mostly about insect life here. If you can safely escort Elvis from the building, you know, um, please do that. Uh, the second precept to refrain from taking what is not given, that is interesting because obviously we're assuming that, you know, you're not going to be stealing people's zafus or, <laughs> or something like that. But there's an, another way to think about it too, which is um, to see if you can be... Uh, content practicing as much as is practical with the conditions that are actually here, right? Which in some ways, a lot of ways are very nice, you know, it's a nice place, but you know, it's not home, right? The bathroom is down the hall, you know, there's chores, there's, you know, but but can that be okay? Can you be okay uh, to the extent practical with the room that you have and you know your place in the hall and you know the food that's offered and all the rest of it? And I say to the extent that's practical, right? So if there's real, a real need, that's a whole different story, right? But can you can you practice acceptance of the conditions? So the third of uh, these is um, to refrain from uh, all voluntary sexual activity while you're here, and that's kind of self-explanatory. So this isn't a statement about sex being bad or wrong or anything like that. It's a statement that says, okay, for the time that I'm here, I'm, the energy that's available to me is going to be turned inward towards my own immediate experience, right? I'm not going to be kind of leaking energy out at other people, uh, no matter how cute they may be. <laughs> Wait to the end <laughs> for that kind of thing, okay? So, um, so it, it, you know, very often uh, in our lives outside of, uh, of retreat, of course, there, there are opportunities to act on sexual energy, which is... Uh, fine as long as it's skillful and not harmful. But we don't very often actually have opportunities to recognize the presence of sexual energy should it be uh, there and actually investigate what it is. What is What is it? What's it feel like in the body? What's it feel like in the mind? What's it feel like in the heart? It can be very uh, revelatory actually. 
because it's such a strong instinctual energy, it's not often actually touched with um, mindful, compassionate awareness. Uh, The fourth uh, of these is to refrain from false speech. So a couple pieces about uh, this one. There's the aspect of it which has to do with speaking what is truthful when you're having practice meetings with teachers, right? Of being forthright and just, you know, willing to say what's actually going on. And, and inviting yourself, if you can, to, to move beyond hesitations or reservations about really being authentic about what you're experiencing. So this is a rare human experience to be on retreat and actually get the full undivided attention of another person who's really well inclined towards you and really wants to hear about what you're experiencing and has some capacity at least for listening. That's kind of an an unusual setup. (laughs) And given that the teachers are probably going to be just about the only people you're going to be talking to, (laughs) you might want to take full advantage of, uh, of that circumstance. So a lot could be said about that, but um, I know you all got extensive uh, information as part of registering and coming on retreat about uh, writing and cell phones and all the rest of that and letters and all of that. So we're actually going to have a cell phone ritual uh, on Thursday morning. And there'll be a lot more about that. But it will basically be an invitation for those of you who haven't yet to offer your digital devices (laughs) upon the altar of your higher aspirations (laughs) so that they can be safely transported to a place of rest while you're here. So you'll get a chance to do that. So the silence piece is this around false speech on this retreat is really mostly about noble silence and keeping it. And then the the last of the the five lay precepts is to refrain from intoxicants which cause heedlessness. So obviously, you know, not drinking or uh, drugging while you're here, but there's an important clarification for you too, which is you know, if you're on a, a medication for the health of your, your body or your mind, please don't just stop taking that, right? If, if something's been prescribed and as needful for you, please don't decide that you're going to, like, kick it while you're here. That usually doesn't work too well. So, um, yeah, just keep taking what is useful for you. And then the the other three precepts uh, we'll talk more about uh, later when the the eight are offered on Friday. How many people are currently on eight precepts here? Okay, all right. So now um, we will take the precepts together. Those of you who aren't on the eight precepts, 
just stop after five. The rest of you can continue on. Feel comfortable doing that? All right. So this again, this is uh, incline the mind towards the intention of non-harming and strengthening the wholesome qualities of your heart and mind by doing this external action with an internal purpose. Panatipata we Ramani Sikabadam Samadhyami Adina Dana we Ramani Sikabadam Samadhyami Abramacharya we Ramani Sikabadam Samadhyami Musawada we Ramani Sikabadam Samadhyami Sura Maria Majapamanadatana We Ramani Sikabadam Samadhyami Vigala Bhojana We Ramani Sikabadam Samadhyami Nacha Gita Vadita Visukadasana Malaganda Vilepana Dharana Mandana Vibhusana Tatana We Ramani Sikabadam Samadhyami Usaskayana Mahasayana we Ramani Sikabadam Samadhyami Idam me Silam Magapalanyanasa Pachayo Hochu Sadhu Sadhu And that last refrain is actually a recognition of the fact that Sila or uh, moral conduct is a factor in what, whether the path of practice opens for you. So there's an um, important support there. Maybe now you can just turn your awareness towards the body. Let's do a little bit of practice together. And maybe I'll say a few more things and maybe I won't. Maybe you've had enough of me tonight. See what you notice, whatever is right on top of your experience right now. Might be tired or restless. hot, 
happy. Kind of scared. Energized. Curious. Annoyed. Grateful. Sleepy. Doubtful. Full of metta. Full of grief. This practice that we do together we wind up touching everything. Everything within our full range of human experience is part of the field of this practice and nothing is outside it. So, you know, sometimes we can have many ideas of how it should go or how we want it to be. Which of course are just arisings of their own. This idea or this hope or this worry or this thought. But one thing for sure, whatever it is, is impermanent. However it was the first part of the retreat, it's all over the waterfall, it's all gone. However, it it was the last time we were on retreat. It's all over the waterfall, it's all gone. And we don't have to worry about getting anything back or making something happen. You can just be in the present and no experience as it is.
it simplifies the task to train the mind to just be present with what it is right now. A lot of ease can come forward. Aspirations and motivations, especially if they're having a kind of beneficial intention towards others and towards service and towards health, towards bhavana, can be really skillful as a taproot of motivation to continue. So you might want to invite, if it's timely for you, a word or a thought that reflects that aspiration or motivation, that thing that is way down deep, that's broad enough, and that's wise. And this would be something that's different from an expectation. An expectation is about what we think should be happening right now, and that's usually dukkha. But a motivation or aspiration has to do with long haul, big picture, full context, somehow related to the why of what this is all about for you. So we would know that would have something to do with the end of suffering. But the end of suffering is only one way to put it. Other ways could be more in line with the cultivation of wisdom or the development of the heart in order to become a refuge for others. Or about living with integrity of letting go of, of craving or aggression. But it's your own version. So in the course of the six weeks here, you're going to go through all kinds of terrain, all kinds of terrain of body, heart, and mind, It's all grist for the mill, as Ram Das would say. It's all good practice. All good practice for learning to remember 
to be present in a wise, skillful way, regardless of what the immediate reality presents. So the practice path is actually practice of the end of the path, moment by moment. The end of the path is like the practice of the path. So just incline the mind to keep keep open and kind and keep integrity in how you make effort. Take advantage of the, the container and the instructions and just work that baby. Just work it. So you're not actually going to do six weeks. This is an important piece of advice about doing retreat, especially long retreat. The way you want to characterize it to yourself and remember to characterize it to yourself is, ah, just this. You're not doing a six-week retreat. You're just coming into wise relationship with this moment's experience. Just just keep the heart-mind in present gear, present tense gear, right now, here and now, right now, here and now. And you'll forget it many times, but that's okay. You'll remember some point often because you're suffering, <laughs> but you will remember. You can always, always wake up again, infinite number of times. So on behalf of all of us, we're really happy that you're here. So, We will, we will do uh, our best for you because we see the, the beauty and the dignity of what brought you here and the sincerity and we share it with you, so. So may you experience the, the blessings of the path that the Buddha has found. And may you walk it with courage and integrity for your own benefit and for that of all beings without exception. And may the merit of the practice that we all do here together be a cause and condition of your own awakening and that of all beings everywhere.
So for those... Uh... Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.